0: Spywatch, the novel A look and read book By Derek Farmer CHAPTER FOUR TROUBLE FOR MARY This is the last of the marmalade. Millington was spreading marmalade thickly on her breakfast toast. Mary was pouring tea. Granger pushed his cup towards her. I've got to go in and see Old Hubbard this morning, he told Millington. I'll pick some up then. Millington looked surprised. I thought he couldn't get any. He'll get some, or he won't get what he wants from me. Will he? said Granger. His eyes were fixed on Mary. She was trying hard not to yawn. Late going to sleep? Granger asked. Mary hesitated. She didn't want Granger to know that she'd seen him go out into the night. No, sir, she said quietly. Didn't get woken up by anything? Things going bump in the night? Mary shook her head. Good, said Granger. Wouldn't like to think of you lying awake at night. Not healthy, understand? His voice was cold and threatening. Mary understood. There was something going on that Granger and Millington didn't want her to know about. She was going to have to be very careful. He's a spy. I'm certain of it, Norman told Dennis. But Dennis wasn't so sure. He doesn't look like any of those pictures on the posters, he pointed out. And what about Millington? She's definitely not a spy. She's not pretty enough, said Norman. The woman spy on the poster had been very pretty, nothing like Miss Millington. She was more like a witch. Norman! Daddies! Amy's voice echoed across the farmyard. She was on her way to the village shop. Behave, she warned them. No getting into mischief while I'm away. We won't, said Norman. We'll just be helping out. Amy sighed. Well, don't go helping too much, will you, she pleaded. I couldn't stand another day like yesterday. When Amy arrived at Mr Hubbard's shop, half the shelves were empty. The shortages were getting worse, especially things that were brought by sea. German submarines were attacking British ships, trying to stop supplies getting through. There were notices all around the shop. No sugar. Till next week, cigarettes out of stock. Don't ask for chocolate, we haven't got it. It doesn't get any better, Amy said to Mrs Calver as they were waiting to be served. Mrs Calver was a housewife who lived in the village. Mrs Calver shook her head. Marmalade, that's what my Eddie likes. Do you think I can get any? Amy knew. She couldn't. She tried to get some herself. They see it's all stolen and ends up on the black market, she told Mrs Calver. I tried a recipe for carrot marmalade. Two weeks' sugar ration it took, said Mrs Calver. My Eddie took one mouthful and threw the rest in the bin. What can I do for you, Mrs Calver? asked the shop assistant finally. Marmalade, said Mrs Calver. The shop assistant sighed. Mrs Calver always asked for marmalade. Try next week, she suggested, but Mrs Calver persisted. You're sure there's none under the counter, she demanded. ''That's what they do, you know,'' she told Amy. ''Put things to one side and then sell them overpriced to them who've got plenty of money.'' Before Amy could agree, the door opened and Granger stormed in. ''Is Hubbard in?'' he barked. ''I'm expected.'' The shop assistant opened a door leading to the back room. ''Best go through, Mr Granger,'' she said as granger pushed past he noticed amy well well mrs hobbs he sneered no more broken fences i hope i didn't know you were so concerned said amy oh yes granger didn't look at all concerned see i hate to think what else might go wrong the two women watched granger disappear into the back room I bet he won't have any trouble getting marmalade, said Mrs Calver. Money, said Amy. But where's it all from, said Mrs Calver. That's what I want to know. Well, where's it come from? Miss Millington was holding up a pound note she'd found underneath Mary's pillow. My mother gave it to me. "'Mary told her. "'No, she didn't,' Millington insisted. "'You stole it from my purse. Admit it!' "'Mary blinked away the tears that were welling up in her eyes. "'She wasn't going to let Millington see her cry. "'If it's not stolen, why was it hidden in your room?' "'Mary took a deep breath. "'It wasn't hidden. I put it there to keep it safe.' Not much of a liar, are you? Millington scoffed. I'm not a liar at all, Mary shouted. And if you don't believe me, you can write to my parents. There was a silence. Millington seemed uncertain of what to say. She didn't want Mary's parents causing trouble. They might get in touch with the authorities. Millington didn't want them snooping around Westbourne Hall. She turned away. Perhaps I'd to the wrong conclusion, she said. A pound is a lot of money for a little girl to have. Millington reached up and took a vase from the mantelpiece above the fireplace. She popped the pound note inside and put the vase back. Should be safe in there, shouldn't it? she smiled. I mean, we wouldn't want you to lose it. Polly, Norman and Dennis had given up on work and were playing hide-and-seek instead. It was Dennis's turn to seek. Come in! Ready or not! he shouted. Dennis ran out, out into the farmyard and looked around. Where were they hiding? The door to the cow shed was half open. Dennis smiled to himself. That's where they were. Dennis stepped inside. The cowshed was dark; there were threatening shadows everywhere. You can come out now he shouted, and oh, no, are you in here? But there was no reply, and nobody moved. Dennis strained his ears. Was that somebody breathing suddenly, something creaked behind him. He twisted round. There was nobody there. Was this a trick? It's all right. He said, you can come out and give up. But still, nothing happened. If Polly and Norman were in there, they weren't letting on. Dennis gulped. There was definitely something strange. He could sense it. Something scrabbled across the floor. That was the final straw. Dennis had had enough. He turned and ran for the door. As he got there, the door burst open. A mysterious stranger blocked the doorway. Dennis ran straight into him. A rough pair of hands grabbed hold of him. Let go! Dennis shouted. But no matter how much he struggled, the hands didn't let go. They gripped him even tighter, lifting him off the ground. Help! Yelled Dennis. Norman and Polly hurtled out of their hiding place. They crashed into the attacker. All four fell to the ground in a shouting, battling, scuffling heap of arms and legs. Hey, you! That's enough now! Just pack it in! A voice ordered. Private Wilson, a British soldier, was looking down at them. He had his rifle at the ready. The scuffling stopped. Norman, Polly and Dennis rolled away from the attacker and picked themselves up. The attacker was wearing a coat with a yellow circle painted on the back. The yellow circle showed that he was a prisoner of war. Good job you turned up, Polly said to Wilson. He was trying to... Are you all right? Wilson asked. Just about, said Dennis, rubbing at a graze on his leg. Not you, said Wilson. Him! He nodded towards the man, who was staggering to his feet. The children couldn't believe their ears. The soldiers seemed more bothered about the prisoner of war than them. You, okay, Luigi? Wilson asked. The prisoner of war nodded. OK, yes. He offered his hand to Dennis. Now, friends? Dennis took a step backwards. He wasn't going to be grabbed again. Norman and Polly weren't going to risk it either. Not until they found out what was going on. That was what Amy wanted to know. What in the name of goodness is Going on here, Amy charged across the farmyard, weighed down with shopping bags. Who's he? The prisoner of war stepped forward and bowed politely. Luigi Balzoni, Signora. Amy ignored him and turned to Private Wilson. Well? He's an Italian POW, said Wilson, here to help out on the farm. "'Here to murder us in our beds, more like!' snapped Amy. Wilson shook his head. "'Not him. He is Italian. Glad to be out of the war. "'He wouldn't harm a fly.' "'He won't have the chance,' Amy told him. "'You can take him back from where he's from.' But Wilson had no intention of taking Luigi back. "'Sorry, missus,' he said as he marched towards the road. Can't do that. My orders are to drop him off and pick him up again at six o'clock. And that's what I'm doing. Wilson disappeared out of the yard, leaving Amy glaring at the Italian. Amy was taking no chances. In, she ordered the children, before he slits our throats. Amy locked and bolted the door, then set Dennis to keep watch on Luigi through the window, whilst Norman and Polly helped with dinner. I don't know what they can have been thinking of sending one of those Italians here, Amy said as they sat down to eat. It doesn't look very dangerous to me, said Norman. Oh, doesn't he, said Amy. I suppose you'd like him in here eating our food, would you? Norman shrugged. Am I? He looked hungry. Dennis was standing up, trying to see out the window. ''Sit down, Dennis,' Amy told him. But Dennis didn't sit down. He was stretching his neck to get a better view of the yard. Amy was getting angry. ''Dennis, sit down!'' ''But I Amy, just sit down!'' But he's gone! Gone. Everyone got up and peered out of the window. Dennis was right. Luigi wasn't there. He's escaped! Amy shouted. She picked up her rolling pin and set off towards the scullery door. We've got to find him before he murders half of the village. It didn't take long. To find Luigi. They saw him as soon as they got inside. He'd taken his coat off and he was busy cleaning out the pigsty. He looked across at them and held his nose. Pigs! Pig smells, yes? He pulled a face. Dennis started to laugh. The next minute, everybody was laughing, even Amy. From then on, Luigi was like one of the family. Mary was more like a slave than one of Millington's family. She'd cleared away the dinner things and washed up. Now she was polishing the huge dining room table. It was hard, back-breaking work. It hadn't been polished for years. After a while, Mary stopped to rest. Her eyes strayed up to the vase above the fireplace. Mary was still angry about that. Millington had no right to take her money away from her. The house was quiet. Millington was probably upstairs having an afternoon nap. Mary hurried over to the fireplace and reached up for the vase. It was higher than it looked. At last, her fingers managed to slide the vase towards the edge of the mantelpiece. What do you think you're doing? Millington's voice took Mary completely by surprise. She was so shocked that the vase slipped from her grasp and smashed on the floor. Mary dropped to her knees and started to pick up the pieces. Perhaps it could be glued together again. Then she realised the pound note had gone. Somebody had taken it. Mary looked up accusingly at Millington, but Millington was ready for her. Get up to your room at once, she ordered, and stay there. It was time to make contact with Mary. Dennis had made friends with Luigi and stayed behind to help him. So it was just Norman and Polly who sneaked through the woods towards the back of Westbourne Hall. Getting to see Mary without Millington or Granger catching them wasn't going to be easy. They had to keep a close lookout and pick the right moment. It was then they found the greenhouse. It looked unused, as though nobody had been inside it for years. The windows were so dirty and the plants so overgrown that nobody could see in from outside. But from inside, they could just see the back of the hall. It was the perfect hideout. They could watch for Mary from there with no danger of being seen by Millington or Granger. Not only that, but once Mary knew about it, it would make the ideal secret meeting place. But that afternoon, there was no sign of Mary. So after a couple of hours, Norman and Polly hurried back to Wells Farm to tell Dennis about the hideout. Up in her bedroom, Mary had written a letter to her parents. If they knew how unhappy she was, perhaps they would take her home. It was worth a try, even if her father did tell her not to be so silly. Then the door to Mary's bedroom opened and Millington stepped in. She was carrying a tray with a hunk of bread and a glass of water on it. That was all Mary was getting to eat. I hope this taught you a lesson, Millington snapped as she slammed the tray down. I won't have disobedience in this house, she sounded just like Mary's father. You'll be allowed down tomorrow, Millington continued. You can catch up with your work then. Millington was about to leave when Mary held out the letter. Excuse me, Miss Millington, she said politely. I'd be grateful if Mr Granger could post this letter to my parents, just to let them know I'm all right. Very well, Millington took the letter from Mary and left the room. On the stairs, she tore open the envelope and read through the letter. Then she put it in the fire. That was one letter that was never going near a post box. Last night, Papa head, Jerry and Baker near again, dropping bombs on the town, lots of victims tumbled down. So now, it's a lie, we sent off to catch a spy.